This, the scripture we have today, Philippians 2, 1 through 4, it just, I was reading it uh, some time ago, and it just really struck me, and I was, was looking at it, trying to uh, think, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind speaking a message on that. And then I started speaking, or started working on it, and I battled it, and I battled it, and I tried digging in deeper than I than I normally do. I mean, using the, you know, looking at the Greek words and all of that. And I, I normally I normally am pretty. I, I love reading the Bible. I love what it has to say to me. But I don't. I'm not one of these deep deep um, searchers. I'm not one that that looks into that. And I found myself just struggling with what I was trying to say. I like it when people teach deep, when they tell you what the Greek word means. But I decided, finally decided at about 4 o'clock this morning, it was not me. I, 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 just, I just, I woke up, I said, Lord, I don't feel ready. I'm not, I can't do this. And he just kind of said, go at it a little lighter. Go, you know, just, just, you don't have to, don't have to try and be the, the preacher. Just give a good message. So today's today's scripture is uh, the main scripture. I've got a lot of scriptures I look at. If there is any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interests of others. The if-then was part of what caught my eye. I work with numbers all the time, work with spreadsheets, and every once in a while I'd use one that had to use an if-then statement in there. You know, if, if this is this, then the number over here is something different. A good way to explain it in a way that all of us understand, or maybe not all of us, I can't say that you all do, but I understand very well, um, is if the speed limit is 70 and your speed is over 70, the result is not necessarily going to be zero. You know, it, that's, you know, you can write a spreadsheet that says if you're going 75, here's what your fine's going to be, you know, if you know what the fines are and all of that. And that's what caught my eye. But I just thought, you know, that there's a if then is part of the whole Bible. It is part of the whole Bible. If then. I think Satan probably was the first one. He said, you know, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you'll be like God. That's in a bad way. You know, that, that went wrong. And then basically... God thought if they live for if they eat of the tree of life, they'll live forever. So got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And he goes on to uh, you know, many times in the scriptures, but Moses, you know, it, when he was nearing the end of his life, he had a long sermon basically to the whole Israelite assembly, and he said, You know, if you follow God, if you obey his commands, if you do what he says 
then your life will be blessed. Everything will go good for you. But if not, if you, if you choose not to, then there will be these curses. And if then is, you know, one way, here's the result. That's the Bible. If you sin, the result, you know, Romans 3.23 says, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life, so it's not—it's not a full penalty. It's not a—it's um, not unredeemable. But in this scripture, it says, "If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, we should." It—it it could read since we—if we were as Christians, it could read since we have encouragement from being united with Christ. Because if we don't, then there's a question there. Because what does united with Christ mean? In um, Romans uh, chapter 4, uh, or chapter 6, rather, I, uh, I am a little dyslexic today or something here, and I give... Corey, the wrong scriptures, and and then realized what I'd done, and I've it's been it's been a little difficult for me. We were therefore baptized, buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him, there's the word united with Christ, united with him like this in death, we certainly will also be united with him in resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So being united means we're not supposed to be slaves to sin any longer. We're supposed to, we're supposed to, have the sin nature has died with that, with that fact. I just thought I was really um, calmed in a sense by the, the uh, hymns that we had this morning, the good uh, Easter hymns, they just, when I was starting to get a little more nervous, I don't like speaking in public. That's the best way to say it. I, I just, I, I really avoid it. But for some reason, I felt obligated to say, I'm willing to help out in this time, you know, when, when we needed, when people were needed to, uh, to preach. So, so if we're united with him, with Christ, it, we, we are, um, it's, it's because of his death. It's because our sins are forgiven. It's because we no longer have that penalty hanging over us. We, we want to be like him. We want to be with him. We have, have fellowship with him that, um, we should have some of the traits of Christians as we do that. The the then part of this of the the verse in in uh, Philippians, you know, if if we're united with Christ, goes over to verse two and it says and it has first thing is it has four ifs in verse one, and then in verse two it says make my joy complete by being like minded. So it then we need to be, we need to make, make, well, Paul was speaking there. He, the church, if the church was united 
was together. They thought alike. It was going to make his joy complete. They'd be united, like, you know, united as a group. We would be united as a group, I should say, not, not uh, battling each other, not competing with each other, be united. That would make Paul's joy complete for this uh, Philippian church. And they weren't a church with problems. They were, they, were, they were a church that was doing quite well, but he was trying to encourage them, uh, as, as opposed to some of the churches that, that he preached to uh, who were really struggling with specific problems. Uh, he was just encouraging them to do better, and that's what we need. We need to encourage each other to do better. So make my joy complete was what Paul was saying by being like-minded. Um, if any, the next if was if any comfort from his love. We can find comfort in God's love. In, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any, with, in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received. It's passing it on. If we've received it. We're supposed to pass it on. For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. In 1994, I went with a with a, um, well, it was with Regina's Church in Oklahoma to Russia. And as part of that, we went into a cancer hospital. It was a hospital that had a lot of uh, Chernobyl victims that down, was downwind from Chernobyl. And uh, no, no preparation had been made. So we went in there and they tried to, you know, talk our way to give a message there. His pastor did, and and they the the head doctor was very oppositional. If these people, these people will get depressed if you can't say anything about cancer, because these people get depressed, and we don't want. It was the most depressing place I have ever been. They were depressed. I don't know how they could get more depressed, but the thing is, this passage, the the preacher preached on this passage, the God of all comfort. And at the end of that message, those people, you could just see the, the comfort that they had gotten from the scripture. They truly got that from this message. And I, if I could have found it, uh, I had a picture that this, this head doctor is, is there pointing at the camera, you know, telling people there, look, you're, you know, smile for the camera, basically. And, and this is the guy that had been saying, do not, you know, talk about this. I don't want you in here. I don't want anything to do with you, really, truly. Just leave. And the God of all compassion and comfort penetrated his heart. He, you know, he, he that message was just amazing. It's, you know, it, it's when, when God speaks through his word, it just touches, you know, touches you in ways that you, you, can't imagine, and so you know you don't always even know why sometimes, but um, that 
comfort that um, it and and that comfort is is also to be passed on by us then in in um, in that other in that um, back in Philippians then by um, being like minded um, let's see well saying having the same love you know because um, that comfort in his love and that what is some of that love um, part of that is um, you know is just we are to be known we are to be seen God, you know there's scripture that says God no one has seen God but we can be seen through or he can be seen through what he does in our lives people can see if we're different people can see that we have a difference there that we are there's something different in us than is in the world um, if you know if we have that comfort in his love we should be showing that comfort to others that comfort should be obvious to other people and and we should be providing it you know a few weeks ago Corey spoke on on um, part of it was was experiences that they had and the comfort that they received from the scriptures and from other people you know repeatedly other people repeating the scripture being thrown up there repeated God can comfort us and we ought to be ready to comfort others with that same comfort um, any if any fellowship with the spirit in in that first verse any fellowship with the spirit um, that's capital s the holy spirit he the holy spirit is there to to encourage us to prompt us sometimes you know maybe it it was a prompting of the holy spirit that i said i was willing to speak but then I think maybe I tried to speak too much in my own strength and not in God's strength and, and work. I made it a lot of work. I didn't give the burden to God. And, and so I, uh, it, it, we're supposed to be, then on that part in verse uh, 2 is uh, being one in spirit and purpose. We need to have a common purpose common spirit and we do have that I'm I'm not I'm not being critical of our church I'm saying that we need to move forward as one and it's time like we're at right now where we're getting ready to start looking for a pastor is a time that um, we all can start looking at at things and saying what I want in a pastor but what we need to be thinking about is what do we need in a pastor what does what does this church need what does this community need we've got there's a lot of need in this community there's a there's a lot of need for for Christ out there and we need a pastor that's going to help us to grow and to reach out and really reach our community um, so if being one in spirit and purpose is is us working together toward that, us, us uh, looking at the needs of everyone, not just 
I would like to see a pastor with a something specific. I, you know, I want an old pastor. I want a young pastor. I want, you know, whatever. That's not what we need. We need a pastor that reaches this community. And, and uh, we, just, we just need, need to pull through this process. And it's gonna, it could be a long process. God could provide somebody immediately that just really meets our purpose. But it could be a very long time. We live, we, we're in a small church. We live in a small community in what many consider God-forsaken Wyoming. You know, I mean, they don't, they don't necessarily, a pastor may not feel God's call to show up in Wyoming. You know, uh, there just aren't that many that fit in a small community, and, and there's a great need. There's, you know, there's plenty of churches around that are in need of a pastor, and in in Fremont County right now, and uh, we want the right one. We need to pray. We need to be on our knees that we can find one, and 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 find the right one for for our church. If any tender tenderness and compassion, back in in the the final if, tenderness and compassion. I, as I looked at that, I thought of um, Psalms 103, verse 13. It says, a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. That, that verse just says, and, and the next verse basically says, he knows our frame, he knows how we we're built, he knows us, he knows we are dust. Oh, whoa, Dust. That it's kind of hard to think of. It's me, dust, you know. But that's what we are. God's formed us out of the dust, and we are His, and and He has tenderness and compassion on us. Um, doesn't give us what we deserve. Doesn't he? He like a father, basically. He looks but looks at us and says. Here, I want you to go this way. I want you to, you know, gentle. And then if it needs a little more, you know, it's, uh, it gives us a little more. Hopefully that's not too often, but, but we all need some of that sometime. But, but as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on us. Um, and then, but... It goes on, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. We kind of covered some of that, but it's easy to think I'm important. I'm, I'm very necessary. Um, we're supposed to say, you're important. You're important. You're necessary. We couldn't be a church without any each one of us here. Um, we, you know, we're we're a part of the whole. We are, um, we are God's workmanship. And I, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, um, in, as I was preparing, is you know, here we are. We Easter season. We had our Easter uh, hymns. It's a time of the year where we're really thinking about what Christ did for us. 
but it's so easy to slip away from truly thinking about what he did for us, what, what he has for us, and, and let it slide. And that's one of the benefits of our monthly communion that we're going to have today is it's a time that brings us back. It's a time that makes us stop and think a minute about what Christ truly did for us, not um, going through our daily activities feeling like we've, um, like, you know, like just kind of forgetting about what Christ truly did for us. That's so easy to do. I do it. I like the, the monthly communion aspect of coming back and saying, whoa, I am, I am truly nothing. God, God is what makes me something. But uh, as we consider this, we need to not, you know, in the selfish, um, selfish ambition and vain conceit, our world says you need to do what's right. Here, do, do, you know, I have my rights. I have... I'm supposed to be assertive. I'm supposed to do stuff. We're supposed to do what's right, not have our rights. We're supposed to, you know, we, we've got our rights, but we don't have to assert them every time we turn around. We don't have to be the one who wins. We don't have to, uh, to assert ourselves. We can have that humility that this talks about. Humility is not being run over but it's, it's willingness to work together. It's a willingness to, to uh, be a part of the whole and not the leader necessarily. We need a leader, but we all have our part. We, all have, we don't have to throw a fit and have our own way. Um, just because we're the children of God don't mean we have to act like a child. Let's, I, let's just go ahead and have a prayer. I'm going to end at that as we um, have the communion to come. And uh, I'd just like to have a prayer before I call it quits. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you can speak to us through it, that you have so much for us in it. Lord, that it is simple, that even, even I can understand that Lord, that it is, He um, can speak to us in so many ways, in different ways at different times. I just thank you, Lord, that, that you've given us that. And pray, Lord, that each one here can be in your word and learning, discovering what you truly have for them personally. Not necessarily, Lord, what I have to say for them but for what you have to say for them. And Lord, I just pray that you use each one of us here as, we're, as we cover this pulpit. In thy name we pray. Amen.